to me and more also if I do, make, do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he, when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, or as the King James says, a juniper tree. We've all been at the juniper tree before. And he prayed that he might die, and he said, It's enough. Anybody ever said that? I've had enough. Well, Elijah felt that way too. Isn't it good to know that even these great men of God, the Bible says in James that Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. And so we know that what he was feeling, we've all been the same place and felt the same thing. And he said, he sat down under that juniper tree and he said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. And then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And then he looked, and there by his head was a, was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him. Thank God for the second touch. Amen. The first touch is good, but man, that second touch is, is even better a lot of times. And he, and, and, and he came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. And notice this, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And I want you to notice a couple of things in these verses that the scripture says there, the angel says, arise in verse number seven, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food. And I want to talk to you this morning about strength for the journey ahead. And I believe today we all need some strength, spiritual strength for the journey that's ahead for each and every one of us. And I've got some good news today, and that is that God has got the strength that you need to make it through whatever lies ahead. Can I get an amen? Father, thank you for the word of God. Add your blessing to the word. Anoint us today to minister your word. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. How many times, I'm going to ask this question, but you know, how many times have you ever felt like giving up? Anybody here? You don't have to raise your hand. But, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've been there before, and I'm, I'm sure most everyone has. And uh, how many times have you been victimized by a spirit of fear and despondency or maybe even depression? And the Holy Spirit spoke to us about that already this morning. 
Um, have you ever found yourself bombarded by feelings or with feelings of worthlessness or feelings of defeat? Uh, I think we can all say that because we are all of like passions as what Elijah was. But if you have been, then I've got some good news for you this morning. And that is that God wants to help you in the midst of that situation. God wants you to stand your ground and to stand up against the devil and all of his attacks and to reclaim your lost ground. Now, all of us are familiar with this man of God, with Elijah. And, uh, but Elijah, God's mighty prophet, seemingly here has kind of lost control of his life for a little season. But the good news is he didn't, he didn't keep it lost. He got that control back. But almost immediately after a great victory, when you study the life of Elijah, you'll find that that after a great victory, Satan always will come and he'll always come with an attack. And so we need to understand something that when we, you know, when we're on that mountaintop and we're experiencing victory like Elijah had done in chapter 18, that there's going to be then an attack of the enemy. He'll always try to come and take away and rob you of the victory that God has given to you. And that's exactly what was happening here in this passage of Scripture to Elijah. But we've got to remember something, saints of God, and that is that yesterday's faith doesn't suffice for today, but we have got to have a fresh touch of God on our lives on a daily basis. You know, the manna had to be gathered every day fresh every morning and so they couldn't gather enough manna one day to last them you know for several days so yesterday's blessing and yesterday's faith and yesterday's victory um, is not good enough we've got to have that fresh touch from God again today and every day and so in this text Elijah the prophet of God is on the run from Jezebel and her threats on his life. And we see here how that he comes into the wilderness and he winds up under the juniper tree of discouragement. And Elijah is in a place where he's ready to give up. He's had a great ministry. God's used him mightily, but now he seems that he's just, he's had enough and he's ready to give up. And he's come from the mountain to the valley in a short period, a short period of time. How many knows it's a short trip from the mountaintop to the valley? You can be on that high today and be in the valley tomorrow. On that spiritual high one day and on a spiritual low the next. But here was in this situation, God sends an angel to minister to Elijah and to help him to get through this situation. And so the angel comes and he prepares a meal for Elijah. He fixes him some food. And uh, he tells him in verse number 7 and 8, he said, uh, Arise and eat because the journey 
is too great for you. And so Elijah rose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. So here he's telling Elijah, the angel of the Lord is telling Elijah, the journey that you're about to go on and embark on is too great and too difficult to make in your own strength. So you're going to have to have some supernatural strength to carry you through to where you need to go. And I think that, I believe that that, that word and that message is so important as well to you and I today. Because we can't make it on this journey through life on our own strength, on our own power on our own ability but we have got to have some strength that comes supernaturally from the Lord and I can tell you today that I for one am glad this morning to say that there is strength for the journey that we have ahead of us we don't know what the what what tomorrow's going to hold what this year's going to hold but praise God I do know this that God has provided for us the grace and the strength and the ability to make it through, through his power, through his spirit. He's going to give us strength for the journey that lies ahead of us, and every one of us is going to make it through. I said every one of us is going to make it through. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, how in the world did this great man of God, this great prophet of God get in this? How did he arrive where he was? How did this great prophet get in this place and wind up under the juniper tree of discouragement and despair and uh, be, be in a place where he was praying for God to take his life? There were several reasons that we see in the text that brought Elijah to this place. Of despair, and I and I think the first one was that Elijah apparently had forgotten about yesterday's blessings. He had forgotten what God had already done for him in the past. And boy, we're all guilty of that. The Bible says, Paul, I believe it's in Jeremiah, the Lord said through Jeremiah, my people have forgotten me days without number. And so we're all uh, guilty of forgetting the goodness of God and forgetting the blessings of God and all through the Scripture. The Lord is always, the Word of God is always telling us to not forget the Lord and to remember the Lord. But I think that's probably what happened here with Elijah. Apparently he had forgot about the God of the brook Kirith. Apparently he had forgotten how that God had took care of him there at the brook sending the ravens twice a day to bring him meat and bread in the morning and then meat and bread in the evening and provided for him water to drink there at the brook. He probably apparently had forgotten about how that God had taken care of him and provided for him supernaturally at Zarephath and how that God had filled that meal barrel with meal when it was empty and the cruise of oil with oil and and blessed him and the widow and her family there at Zarephath in the midst of a famine. Obviously, Elijah had forgot about the God who had answered him on Mount Carmel by fire when he prayed a 63-word prayer, and the heavens opened up, and the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice there, and, and the prophets of Baal were destroyed, and the victory that God had given him there on Mount Carmel. Apparently, he had forgotten about those past blessings and how that he had prayed and God had ended a three and a half year drought by sending rain and answer 
to prayer. He had forgot his past blessings. And you know, he had forgotten that the same God that had already helped him and already blessed him and already taken care of him, that this same God was able to deliver him and protect him and take care of him and not let Jezebel do anything to him. Can I get an amen today? See, Jezebel claimed and, and had made her boast of what she was going to do to Elijah. And now Elijah is operating, in a, instead of operating in a position of faith as he had in the past, Elijah now is on the run and he's operating from a position of fear. And that always happens when we forget the Lord. Can I get an amen? I said that always happens when we forget the Lord and forget his word and forget his blessings. We'll always wind up operating in fear instead of operating in faith. This is one of Satan's most successful tactics, ladies and gentlemen, that he always boasts of what he's going to do to us. He is an intimidator, just like Goliath intimidated David, just like Jezebel is trying to intimidate Elijah. Satan is an intimidator. And he will tell you that you're not going to make it. He will tell you that everything's all over. He'll tell you that you're going to lose everything you've got. You're going to go bankrupt. That you're never going to make it through the trial that you're facing. He'll tell you if you're sick today. Just as well give up. You're never going to receive your healing. But he is always constantly fabricating stories to instill fear and to instill doubt in the hearts and the lives of God's people. But I'm here to tell you and remind you of something this morning that Jesus, speaking of the devil, said that he is a liar and he's the father of lies and the truth is not in him. Hallelujah. And when the devil tells you those lies, anything the devil tells you, you just as well go ahead and turn it around. Amen. Because the truth is not in in him. Amen? He is a liar and the fabricator of all lies. If the devil could carry out the threats that he's made against you, he would have already done it a long time ago, but the fact of the matter is that God has got his hand on you and the devil can't do everything that he claims that he can do in your life. We must never forget yesterday's blessings and what God has done for us in the past. We must never forget the promises of God and the benefits of God. And we must understand that God is the same God when you're under the juniper tree as he is when you're on top of Mount Carmel and the fire of God is falling. God is not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God that took took care of yet careth and the God that took care of you in the famine is the same God that we serve in 2021 and he will take care of us again today. Can I get an amen? Don't forget his blessings. And Elijah's second mistake that he made here that brought him to the juniper tree experience was that he, the Bible says that he forsook his servant. In verse number three of that 19th chapter when he saw that Jezebel was after him. The Bible says that when he saw that, he arose and he ran from his life and uh, for his life and he went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And notice this. And he left his servant there in Beersheba, but he himself, now he's traveling alone. 
he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under that juniper tree. Notice what he did. He left his servant in Beersheba. He was traveling with a companion, with, with his servant, and when he got to Beersheba, he left him there and went a day's journey into the wilderness by himself. When he got off by himself, and it was when the enemy was able to get him by himself and isolate him away from his friend and away from everybody else, that was when he became discouraged. Now, there are times, listen, to get alone with God, of course, we understand that. But here is a favorite tactic today, ladies and gentlemen. This is a favorite tactic of the enemy because the enemy knows that if he can isolate you and if he can get you by yourself, that he can clean your spiritual plow. He can defeat you if he can get you away from your church family. Come on, somebody needs to say amen. If he can get you away from the fellowship of a good Bible-believing church, he can defeat you because you need the strength. We all need the strength that comes from fellowship with one another. See, there, you know this, people that battle depression will oftentimes withdraw themselves from the fellowship of other people and shut themselves alone and won't have anything to do with anybody else. Depression feeds on that. So we all need, and I, I want you to get this, we all must have and we need the strength and the encouragement that we receive from one another. That's why church attendance is so vitally important. The devil wants to lock us down and shut us down and separate us and divide us and keep us from coming together. You know why? Because the devil knows that there's strength and there's victory when we come together in a house of worship and sing together and praise together and worship God together. Amen. He wants to mute our praise. He wants to silence our voice. He wants to get us off by ourselves and separate us. But I'm telling you today, you'll wind up under the juniper tree if you separate and isolate yourself from God's people and from the house of the Lord. Boy, I'm getting about two or three amens. We all know what the Bible says about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Let me read it to you in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 from the NIV. He says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. I like it. I like that. How we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. Notice that. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Do you realize that not coming to church can become a habit in somebody's life? Amen. That's why it always concerns a pastor when he sees people as they begin to lay out of church and miss a service here and a service there because it becomes a habit. You know, church attendance can be a habit and it should be a habit and it's a good habit. 
habit. They're, not all habits are bad habits. Amen. Going to the house of God, reading your Bible, having a time of prayer. Those are good habits that need to be formed. Disciplines, I like to refer to them, that need to be formed in our life. Amen. And so we need not and must not give up the habit of meeting together, but come together to encourage one another, uh, one another and strengthen and build one another up. Don't let Satan, folks, don't let Satan keep you from the fellowships of the saints. You need the church. The church needs you. And we need one another to encourage one another and strengthen one another as we come together and sing the praises of God and hear the word of God and, and pray one for another. That's strength, there's strength in that unity of the church and in those numbers. Amen? Don't let Satan isolate you. So that's what happened to Elijah. And the third thing that happened was that he fell asleep. He became inactive. He became inactive in the things of God. And he was about, has about, Elijah has about talked himself into quitting the ministry and giving completely up on God. He's had enough. He said that. And here the great prophet gets filled with discouragement, and he even prays that God would take his life and just let him die. He said, I've had enough. And he's become inactive. He's not doing anything. He's sleeping under the tree of discouragement. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, there are scores of Christians today that at one time were active in the ministry, in the work for the Lord Jesus Christ. But today, they have all but given up. They're in a spiritual slumber. And there's many today, hear me this morning, there are many within the body of Christ, within the church, that are in that spiritual state of sleepiness and slumber and are asleep under that juniper tree of despair and discouragement. And that's when we need to experience. See, listen, this is when we must experience what Elijah experienced and have that fresh touch from God. At this low point in Elijah's life, God's angel showed up. Thank God for his presence. And God's angel showed up and touched Elijah and prepared him a meal and fed him and gave him the strength that he needed for the journey ahead. So if you're there today, I want to try to, to, to wake you up a little bit today and encourage you to know that there's strength that God has for you for what's ahead in this coming year. Amen? What was it? How do we get this strength from God? Where does this strength come from? The strength that Elijah received from God, first of all, came from a fresh relationship with God. Now, this is so important that we have a fresh relationship. We found out how Elijah wound up by the, under the juniper tree. But where does the strength come from? He had a fresh relationship with God. We've got to have that touch of God on our life if we're going to have the strength we need for the journey that's ahead. A fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. There must be, now you got to get this, 
there must be in the life of every believer constant renewals and refreshings of the Holy Spirit. And I know people say, well, you know, thank God I'm saved and I'm sanctified and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. That used to be the the testimony, amen? And uh, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you received the touch of God and the infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life? Well, that's wonderful. That's good. But when is the last time that you had a renewing of the Spirit and a refilling of the Spirit and a refreshing of the Spirit? You know, there's, there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but how many of y'all know there are many refillings and refreshings and renewings of the Holy Spirit? And that's what the church, I, I, I feel like that's where the church is today. And that's what the church is in need of today. That's what the majority of believers need today is a renewing and a refreshing, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in their life. See, when I, when I have God's touch on my life and God's touch in my spirit and I'm, I'm refreshed and renewed with the Holy Spirit, listen, my problems seem small when I've got the fresh touch of God upon my life. Jezebel's threat may be still real and the problems that I'm going through and facing are still real but it's God's touch and God's fresh anointing and His strength the renewal of that strength that'll see me through and the circumstances may not have changed but I've now got God's grace and God's strength and God's power to get me through there's there's a fresh relationship and your relationship with Jesus needs to be renewed every single day day amen how how would your relationship with your wife or your husband go or with your children go if you never communicated with them just once in a great while see there's got to be a renewal of that fellowship and relationship with the Lord every single day to get the strength that we need I've got strength for today but I'll need more strength tomorrow to see me through the day tomorrow amen The promise of God in Deuteronomy 33 and 25 is as your days. He said, God said, as your days, so shall your strength be. There's fresh strength and a fresh touch for the believer every single day of my life and your life. We need that every day, every morning. The promise in Isaiah, when Isaiah says that he gives power to the weak, And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who what? Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Can I tell you that's how you're going to make it through? With a fresh relationship with God. Every single day, that fresh touch of God upon your life. Where does that strength come from? It comes secondly from fresh resources from God fresh resources from God what happened here with Elijah look at verse number 6 how many still with me verse number 6 the angel touched him in verse 5 and he said arise and eat in verse number 6 he looked and there was 
there was, there was a cake by his head, a cake baked on the coals and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and he laid him down again. Notice what happened there. He prepared some food. Elijah woke up and there was a divine provision waiting for him there. God had come through and supplied the need of Elijah one more time. God had been there at the brook, as we said. God had been there and sent those ravens to feed him. And he had been there at the widow's house. And he had been there on Mount Carmel and met with him there. He had been there for him all through everything that he'd been through up until now. And so Elijah needs God one more time. He needs God again to come through for him again. And God proves himself faithful again to Elijah. The Bible says, in Psalm 46 and 1 that God is a very present God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in the time of trouble how many knows that amen he's always present he's always there in the time of trouble and in the time of need we sang about it this morning that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want hallelujah he's there when we need him we can stand upon his word We can trust Him for our provision because the God that you serve, your heavenly Father today, is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord who provides. He sees. He knows your need. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through and He will provide. He always shows up. He always has fresh fresh resources and He always supplies the the needs that we have in our life. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Hallelujah. God, thank God, God did not answer Elijah's prayer to die, but instead of answering that prayer, he showed up and he gave him a miracle and provided him with miracle food and miracle water, and it's not the miracle water that some evangelist is selling on the on the, on the TV at late night time. This was true miracle water that came from God Almighty, hallelujah, and gave him the strength that he needed for the journey ahead. Thank God there's resources. I said thank God he's got resources for his people. Even when we get sidetracked, God is watching over us. God's got his angels around us. All of the resources we need for the journey, God will provide for us. Hallelujah. But there was a fresh relationship. There were fresh resources. And number three, there was a fresh revelation from God that came to Elijah. Here's where we need to go. The Bible says, if you'll read the rest of that text from verses 8 8 through 13, Elijah traveled, traveled, made a 180-mile journey from where he was under that juniper tree to Mount Horeb. A 180-mile journey on supernatural strength. God had given him 
He went, he went 40 days and 40 nights in the strength of that meat. That's some kind of meal, isn't it? Praise God. And God had given him the strength for that journey, and he comes to Horeb, and God begins to question him, and God asks him something. And the question that God asks Elijah shows us that Elijah wasn't directed by God or told by God to go to Horeb because God asked him in verse 9, he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? You ever have God ask you that? What are you doing here? And that's a question that God asks us when we allow opposition to bring us away from the will and from the work of God. And I know, I know nobody here has ever done that. Nobody here has ever got out of the will of God, have you? Nobody here has ever got sidetracked, ever, got, ever missed God. Oh, I, you know, you're, you're, y'all looking at me so sanctimonious this morning. Like, you know, preacher, who are you talking to today? We, we ain't never got out of the will of God. Well, we are, I'll be the first to admit I've missed it in the past. And I've had God to have to get a hold of me and, and say to me, what are you doing here? How come you to be here? Where, where, what are you doing in this place? And that's the question God will ask us when we get out of His will and get away from His work. And so what does Elijah do? I'm the, the great prophet of God, the man that had prayed fire down and rain down from heaven. What does he do? He does the same thing that you and I do. He begins to make excuses for why he's got himself out of the will of the Lord. Well, God, here's the way that it is. Ain't nobody saved but me. I'm the only one left. Isn't that what Elijah said? Everybody else, everybody else is backslid. I'm the only one left. You better be glad you got me. Even if I'm in the wrong place, I'm the only one left. That's where we're at. Amen? And he begins to complain, and he begins to talk about, you know, well, you know, everything, God, while I'm at it, everything's just went wrong in my life. Nobody likes me anymore. Amen? They don't care nothing about me, everything that I've done. You know, now Jezebel's after me, and she's wanting to kill me. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't know what to do. So Elijah's kind of, you know, here he is. He's had one pity party under the juniper tree. Here he is at the cave, amen, 40 days later, and he's still having another pity party again, amen. And he's just, he's, he's crying the blues and he's moaning the blues. And you know, I know no, none of you all like this, but there are some Christians that just make that, 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 that trip. You know, they go from one pity party to the next pity party. And it's always, woe is me and God, everything's wrong and everything's going wrong in my life. But listen, God speaks to Elijah. And if we're there, if we're under that juniper tree, if we're in that cave somewhere, in that dark cave, and we're feeling like we're the only one, 
ones and we're feeling like there's nobody that loves us and we're feeling like you know that we're not going to be able to make it through hey listen 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 God said there's still 7,000 that hadn't bowed the knee to Baal there's still some people out there that's living for God there's still some people that loves Jesus amen well brother Rick we're in the great falling away we're in a time of apostasy and all of that hey there's yeah we are yeah we are this world is dark and there's sin everywhere but I'm telling you church we need to get ourselves picked up and get some strength in us and understand that everybody's not backslid there's still some folks that loves the Lord there's still some people that's full of the Holy Ghost there's still some Pentecostal folks that are on fire for God amen it's not man listen we look at the, the results of the election. It's just like, woe is me. We got to get over it. Well, praise the Lord. I got that out. Get over it. God's still got a church. God's still on the throne. God's still working miracles today. So God gives Elijah a little bit of a little illustrated message. In verse 11 and 12, God sends a wind and an earthquake and a fire. Isn't that right? Read it when you get home. It said there was a great wind that rent the mountains. And, but you know what it said? It said, but the Lord... Wasn't in the wind. And then there was a great earthquake that shook everything. We've been preaching about that, you know. A whole lot of shaking going on in the world today. And God sent an earthquake, shook everything. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire that came, and the Lord wasn't in the fire. But notice what it said. And what, what, what it says. But after the fire, a still small voice came to Elijah. You know what I got out of that? I got out of that. That Listen, see Elijah, the prophet Elijah had faced some great trials and, and he had been through the trials. The wind had blown. The earthquake had shook. The fire had come. He had been through some trials and in those, you know many times, listen, many times when you're going through those times, those trying times in your life, it's hard you're, 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 it's hard to hear from the Lord. Have you ever been through anything where you couldn't hear from God? That the Lord wasn't in that situation as far as speaking to you? That's why James said when you're going through those times, ask for wisdom from God and let God direct you because sometimes when the devil's beating at your door and the oppression forces of hell are coming against you sometimes it's hard to hear from the Lord and that's what he was saying here the prophet had faced such great trials but, but, but in the midst of all that he could not be burned out he could not be forced out God had brought him through everything and he's still standing and it was after the fire it was after that he came through the fire and this was what God was saying to him when you feel all alone and you feel defeated and you don't know what to do 
and you need direction in your life, it's after you've come through the fire, that's when God will speak to you. That's when you'll hear the still small voice of the Holy Spirit telling you that he's with you and giving you direction and telling you what to do. Hallelujah, we need to hear that still small voice and get revelation and direction from God. Amen. Elijah may have felt like God was a million miles away, but God stepped into that cave where he was. God showed Elijah he was so close to him that he could hear him whisper and say, Elijah, I'm still here. You've been through the fire, the earthquake. You've been through the trials, but I'm still here. Isaiah said, you'll hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So after the fire and the storm and the earthquake and the shaking, you can still hear God say, everything's going to be all right. I'm still with you. He's not going to leave you, church. That strength for the journey that he's given us ahead. So it's just one word from God makes all the difference in the world. Well, Elijah gets a fresh commission from God, fulfills his ministry, finished the ministry that God had given him to do. But you know what? Elijah didn't die by the hand of Jezebel. Elijah didn't die by anybody's hand. Matter of fact, <laughs> amen? Don't you imagine? You know, when God doesn't answer a prayer, sometimes that's a good blessing because sometimes we pray foolish prayers. And it, God didn't answer Elijah's prayer to die. Eli, you know, if Elijah really had wanted to die, he wouldn't have run away. All he had to do was stay where he was at. Jezebel accommodated him on that. But he didn't really want to die. He was just discouraged. But Elijah finished his ministry and God didn't let anybody take his life, but God took Elijah to heaven alive. How many knows that? And this, is, this, is, this blesses me because, you know, when the journey gets a little bit rough that we're on and we get a little bit weary and we get a little bit discouraged and we may get a little bit dismayed, there is something that gives me strength for the journey that I'm on. And that is the fact that I know how it's all going to end. Because, oh, hallelujah. Because it doesn't matter what you may be facing today. If you're born again, if you're a child of God, we've already read the back of the book. And we know how it all turns out. Can I get an amen today? Are you with me? Come on. Amen. We know how it all turns out. Because it's going to end with us, with the church, just like it ended with Elijah. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Not with the enemy destroying us, but it's going to end with a rapture to God to be called up to be with the Lord. That's how it's going to end. I'm telling you, the fact that I know and I believe today in a pre-tribulation rapture, man, that's comfort to my soul today because things are getting, getting bad out here in the world, but I'm telling you, I know that the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven very soon with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ are going to rise and we which are alive and remain, hallelujah, on this journey are going to be caught up, hallelujah, just like Elijah was raptured to God when a, when a fiery chariot and horses of fire came down and swept him away alive into heaven, hallelujah, Jesus himself is coming coming back to take his bride home to be with him and it's going to happen very soon we're going to see the king come on amen hallelujah I know how it ends I've got strength for the journey I can make it through because I know how it ends this thing for the church ends in a rapture to God just like it ended for Elijah we're going home very soon. Come on, church. Woo! That's why I believe in a pre-trib rapture because he said, comfort one another. Well, it wouldn't be much comfort for me to get up here and say, now y'all going to have to go through the tribulation. You're going to have to fight the Antichrist. I'm comforting you because there's strength for the journey ahead. We know how it ends. We're getting out of here very soon. Hallelujah. They want to purge the world of us. You know who I'm talking about when I say they. We want to stay on Facebook as long as we can. But you know who they are. Huh? They want to get rid of us. Well, praise God, the Lord's going to help them out with that pretty soon. He's going to help them out with that because he's coming to get us all. Take us out of here and let them have it. Amen. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. I've been on an airplane ride. But boy, soon and very soon, I'm just going to go on a plane air ride. I lay in bed sometimes, Brother Wade, and I think about how's it going to be? What if the trumpet sound right now? We can't imagine. Amen, how it's going to be when that rapture takes place. But I'm going to tell you, you know how close we are? I can't, I can't measure how close, how close we are to the rapture of the church. That gives me strength, church. That gives me strength for the journey ahead. I can make it another day because you know why? Because today, before the 6 o'clock service tonight, that trumpet could sound and we could have that glorified body and be walking on streets of gold before church time tonight. Hallelujah. If you don't come tonight, I'll go to bed and close my eyes saying, Lord, I'm ready for when you, when you, when you come. I'm ready to go. I'm looking for you. I'm expecting you. we got to get our eyes on the sky, saints of God. Get our eyes on the church or on the, on the cloud at church we got to get our eyes on Jesus and looking for his soon return he's coming soon this we're going in a rapture to God amen
Hallelujah. Stand with me. Worship team, come on back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The old English word rapture literally means to be transported with delight. Well, that's exactly what's getting ready to happen to the church. We're getting ready to be transported with delight to be with the Lord. We're going to be caught up. Somebody said rapture's not in the Bible. Well, the word caught up is. Caught up, that's what we're going to do. Every one of us is going to be a, be a UFO. <laughs> Glory to God. Not only is it going to be a UFO, but it's going to be an OAT. What's that? That's one, it's going to be one awesome trip. <laughs> Praise God. Going to be with Jesus. That gives me strength. To go another day and another day and another day and another day. Strength for the journey ahead. Father, thank you today for the presence of the Lord. God, for the strength that comes from your precious Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I pray this morning that you'll have your way in this altar time. Minister to our hearts, to our lives today in the name of of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to invite everybody that will. I hope it's 100%, but I want you to come to this altar area. Let's stand up here together across this front. Let's lift our hands to heaven and begin to worship the Lord. We're going to pray together this morning that God would strengthen us.